Welcome back, everybody, to the Mighty Thorcast, a Marvel Thor themed, I guess, podcast. Uh, we talk about, well, I guess we are myself, Ed, and Terry. We talk about uh, the Marvel Comics Thor. This is a spoiler podcast, too, so the stories that we talk about, we'll be talking about in depth about what's going on and everything. Uh, three books on tap. Two of the books shouldn't be a problem because they're the 1966 volume of the Mighty Thor issues 134 and 135. And if you haven't read them yet, then shame on you. Well, it's, it's not our fault. Now, the third book, though, is the uh, 2011 volume of the Mighty Thor, this current volume, and it's issue three, which has been out about a month or so. So probably most of you guys that listen to this show have had a chance to get it. Um, my once monthly it, order has come in too, so I, I'm I'm good there. Once again, if you haven't read it, shame on you. Well, you know it was coming up, and and we'll tell you when we get ready to talk about it. That way, you can pass that part if you want to. Uh, first off, we do have some feedback that we want to get to, and it's from Professor Allen from Central Ohio, and he says, "Terry and Ed, I'm a big fan of the podcast, except for when Terry's audio mysteriously drops out." I just assume she is saying mean things to Ed, and he is editing those out. I personally have read a bunch of Thors, but mostly from the 80s and 90s, so both the old stories and modern ones you cover are all new to me. I enjoy noting the similarities and differences between stories from the different eras. Keep up the good work. And I just want you to know I never say anything mean to Ed, and he was not meaning to make my audio drop out. He was just muting his mic, which happens to mute the whole system. Yeah, we, we recently we discovered f- that. found that out. <laughs> so hopefully that that part of Terry cutting in and out, because while she's talking, if I coughed or sneezed or something, I would mute it. And I didn't realize that it was muting her, too. I, I realized that there were breaks, but I didn't realize why. I, I believe I have found that to be the reason why. And, and actually, she does talk bad to me. It's just before we start recording. So I do not. Sometime when we put together all the outtakes that we clip from the beginning of the show before we start officially recording, you guys will hear how much she trashes me. And Like this time, she was just telling me it was my fault we haven't recorded in a while. And whose fault is it? Which is just blatantly untrue. And whose fault is it? See? Excuse so, me? So there we go. Fess up. Tell the truth. Okay, I'm so I'm gonna the, get Wonder Woman's little lasso that will make you tell the truth. No, that's a different that's a different show. I know, but I'll get it. No, I'm not scared. <laughs> so the first book up is issue 134 from the uh, 1966 volume of the Mighty Thor. And it's the People Breeders. If you will recall, the last time we left Thor, he had just not defeated. But had just, you know, convinced, I guess, in a way, Ego, the living planet, planet, that he should not tangle with Thor or humans or any other species out there. And Ego has decided he will remain within himself in the Black Galaxy and he will not bother anybody. So Thor and the um, recorder, the Rigelian recorder, are going back to... Rigel. Nigelian. I said Rigelian. Okay. Not Nigelian. He's not from uh, the the African country of of Nigel or whatever. Okay. Oh, no. Mr. Lithgow. I'm sorry. 
Thank you. That's a different show, too. Yes, it is. Can I continue? Um, well, before you do. Yes. Uh, this is the first book where Jack Kirby officially has co-plotting credit. Yes, and I was going to mention that when I got on down the page to the oh, okay. credits. Well, then I'll hold up. No, that's okay. No, go right ahead. Okay. So, they're on their way back to Rigel to see whether or not they will then fulfill their promise to Thor that if he went and defeated Ego, that they would let Earth go out of its little ray that's holding it and twisting it around. And I was, as I was going to say, this is a Stanley Jack Kirby written, inked by Vince Coletta and lettered by Sam Rosen. Is that enough? Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, well, just that, you know, I, he, he may have been co-plotting before now, but this is the first book that he officially was tagged as, as a co-plotter. And, and in the next issue also, and I would imagine from now on through his run of Thor, he probably will get official co-plotter credits. So okay. Just a, an interesting little creative turn there, I thought. So as they fly close to to Rigel to the ship, the tractor beam comes out and brings them onto the ship. And everyone there is like, wow, we could, can't believe that you actually did this and managed to save us all, but we thank you very much. And Thor's like, and you're going to do as you promised me. And, and they're like, yes, we are. We're going to let go of Earth. And while they're talking, they're, the, the scientists behind them are talking about they've been scanning and they see this entity of power that's coming toward them, but they really don't know what it is. It's not a star. It doesn't look like a ship that they're used to, but they decide just to go away from it since they have to leave this area anyway. They just time warp away from it so that they don't have to deal with it. And it turns out that it is um, Galacticus, right? That's his name? Okay. And Galacticus has been lured there by the power of ego, the living planet. He senses that um, great source of power and, and, and Galacticus, as he describes himself, he must consume, not out of greed, not out of hate, not out of ambition, for those are emotions that are lesser than he. But he has to do it just because he is Galacticus. He has to do it to survive. Yes. That's what he is. He's an energy eater. Yeah, he's a, a tiger. Let's say, you know, he's a predator and he, he consumes to, to live. So um, It's a full page spread of Galactus in his riding a, uh, in, his, in his ship um, that Kirby did. And I'm not, I didn't look to see officially where this falls or how long ago, but uh, they said that this is the first appearance of Galactus since Fantastic Four 50. So... I'm not sure. I'll, I'll try to see if I can knock down how long it's been since he was in anything that he popped up again and, and see how long that's been. Okay. And now we go back to Earth where the uh, woman from Rogelia, Tar... Terra Nile. Terra Nile. Thank you. So bad at names. I need to take that course. Has Is still in the police station, the Dale Carnegie course. I was thinking the article in Red Book. Oh, no, that too. We just watched We Are Marshall last night. Excuse our little <laughs> reference there. But she is still in the police station trying to explain to them who she is and the fact that they should be bowing down and hearing from her own people that her colonization is going to be taken away from her 
And she's like, what have I done wrong? And they're like, no, nothing. you haven't done anything wrong. There are things that have happened here that you don't know about, such as ego going to consume them and Thor saving them. So, but you just need to come home. So here comes members of the Rigelian army with Thor, bringing Thor back to Earth to pick her up. And the police are just standing on the ground going, what in the world? Who are these people? Where are they going? What are they talking about? There's Thor. Okay, we don't know. And Thor's like, I'm telling her that he bears her no malice. He just wants to know where Jane Foster is. And she's like, I don't know. I sent her away assuming that you would waste your time going after her, and you didn't, and I have no idea where she is. One of the other, one of the other Rogelians gives him a psych search gauge by which he can find her by locating her life force aura. So they leave going back to Rigel, where it turns out that Tenenile is going to marry the emperor, king, ruler, whatever he is, the high person, the grand poopah of Rigel, she, he, she is going to become his wife because he has loved her and she, he has, and she has loved him from afar. Not a fire, a farm. So, uh, it is a fire if you live in this part of the country. That's true. Far. Far. So Thor is on his way to find Jane. He merely thought about her, and a light appeared on the gauge that they gave him. So he's like, fine, I'm going to go find her, and no one can stop me. While all this is going on, if you remember back when we left Jane Foster, she was she had agreed to a proposition from these two men to come to this place and be a teacher. And we get we go to that place, we see um, that they are trying to get back to warn the Count, Count Tagar, that there are people coming and that things are going to happen and, and bad people. So they're going to Wondagore to try to tell him that there are bandits and such coming after them. And there, there's a big fight between them and the bandits. And the bandits finally get taken down. Their weapons are no good. And Thor flies in because that is where the machine is directing him to go. And he sees these people, these men limping on the road, running back. And so he goes down to ask them what's going on, what, what, what's the problem. And they are quite visibly shaken from what they have seen because they've actually seen these forces that fought them with no helmet or mask on, and they've actually seen their faces. And it was so, such a sight that they are visibly shaken, frightened, and just want to go away and can't, can't form comprehensible sentences. So Thor just lets them go, calls them cowardly creatures, and says, I must go see what's going on myself. So he decides to fly is the easiest way to get there. And there is a fissure in the rocks, and he flies through, and he is captured by a steel lasso. And these warriors in full armor on flying machines catch him and take them to their leader. Take me to your leader. Mm-hmm. So Thorf decides not to fight them because he figures this is probably the easiest way to get into where they are. And he senses that Jane is there and that he needs to be in there anyway to save her. So he just goes ahead and lets them cart him in there like a prisoner. And he'll take care of him in a minute. So they're talking to him, and he finally he can't stand it anymore. And he's like, you have to let me go. I cannot be bound. I am the son of Odin, and I will not be held prisoner. You must let me go. And they're like, you're all bound up. You have no weapons. You have no right to talk to us that way. So he manages to fling them around with the ropes that they have tied around him. 
and the leader of the clan comes out and starts to explain to him. Well, then we segue back to, and this is our first meeting in this book with these two, and you may have to help me with who it is. Okay, hang, hang on a sec. Let me refer back here. Uh, so far, we've heard from uh, Porga and Lord Tagar, mm-hmm. and now... Thor has fought Sir Ocelot, Sir Lion, and Sir Leopard. Okay. So that all of that is is you know if you take a moment and think about the names, um, you're, you're you're starting to see that something is going on with these individuals because those names uh, seem to be awful, a lot like animals that we have here on Earth. Um, Still haven't seen anything. Porga no. and Tagar looked rather human. Yeah, maybe a little on the uh, more homely side, mm-hmm. shall we say, for Porga in particular. But uh, but the, the last thing we see here before cutting back to another area of, and I believe this country turns out to be called Transia, although I haven't seen it in here anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is jogged in my mind as being where these next two are from. And they are from the area that Wondergore Mountain is in. And I believe T-R-A-N-S-I-A is the name of the country. It's just supposed to be a, I guess it would be a Western European country like um, uh, Transylvania or, you know, something around in that area, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, around into there somewhere. So, okay. So here we are. We get our introduction to Quicksilver and... He calls her Wanda. Um, we know her as the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. Now, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, um, they first appeared in X-Men as the son and daughter of Magneto. Uh, they then popped up in the Avengers after the first major um, team shakeup. Uh, Hulk, Giant Man... Wasp, Thor, and Iron Man all left, just leaving Captain America. Ooh. Captain America recruited Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver for the team. The three of them had been viewed as bad guys at one point or another. Okay. Uh, the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch fought the X-Men as part of Magneto's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Ah. And I believe Hawkeye, before he joined, had fought uh, the Avengers at some point. But they knew him to be. So, you know, here all these heroes leave in Avengers, and Captain America recruits three suspect people to be new Avengers. Um, I guess you got to take mutant powers where you can get them. Well, uh, you know, they're losing theirs, which is why they're back to Europe. Yeah, they have been in. They had been in Avengers for a little while, and now they have kind of taken a backseat in that book. And they're popping up here. Um, I don't. It's been a way long since I read those Avengers. I, I don't remember exactly, but um, so there's a quick uh, catch up, I guess, on Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch. We do see Quick uh, uh, Scarlet Witch uh, is called by her name Wanda, and she refers to him as uh, Pietra. So those are their uh, given names. Uh, Maximov is the last name. 
okay. the brother and sister. So this is Wanda and Pietro Maximov um, near Wondagore Mountain. Yes. Trying, they're trying to get back home because they're, they're hoping that they will regain their waning mutant powers if they get back close to the source of where they were born and so therefore where they received their powers. So they're looking up at the mountain, wondering if Wondergore will be their miracle, will be where they will find their powers again. And then we segue into Wondergore Mountain, where we actually are in the laboratory of the scientist, the high evolutionary. And he has his machine just revved up and going. He's got a wolf on a wonderful machine Jack Kirby has drawn here. The wolf is all splayed out and, and attached to the see-through almost machine that is supposedly going, I guess, going to transmit the power that will tra- transmute his genes and reshift them, and he will become a wolf man. Not like Wolfman Jack, but a wolf man. <laughs> wolf man Jack. Oh, for those of you out there too young to get that reference, you'll just have to Google that one. Yes, you will. So we see him, and he's and he is interrupted by Thor, and he's like, "What is this? Who's, who dares interrupt me?" And his minions say, "We could not keep him out." And Thor's like, "Hi, evolutionary, tis you I want to speak to." So they're they're all trying gathered around Thor, trying to hold him back, and and the high evolutionary is telling him this is unforgivable. And Thor's like, "I just want to know where Jane Foster is. That's all I want to know." And the high evolutionary is like, "Yes." Uh, we, we finally see these knights. Oh, yes, and you probably know all their names, so you go right ahead. Um, I don't, not necessarily. I, I guess this is Lord Tiger over here on the right, um, maybe Lord Ocelot up here at the top. This dude here looks like he's a bear, kind of, and then this one down here at his leg, I'm not sure okay. what he is. But we see all of them uh, have rather animal-featured faces. Animalistic features, yes. But yet they're... human. They have arms and legs. They're standing upright and everything like human beings. So apparently they are uh, crosses also Mm -hmm. or... or Products of his machine, just like the wolf. Right. If not a cross, then he he advanced them genetically, just like we saw him doing to the wolf. Yeah. So... So Thor is is just yelling, Jane Foster, Jane Foster. And a high evolutionary said, this is petty matters to me. She's down the hall. Go on. So Thor goes down the hall to find Jane. And he walks into her teaching a bunch of other animalistic-looking, man-looking creatures. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, they asked me to come and teach, and I thought, okay, I'll come and teach. And Thor's like, no, we can't be here. There's a growing evil here. We have to leave. And she's trying to explain to Thor that the high evolutionary is doing nothing wrong. He's just experimenting like other scientists do. And Thor's like, no, there's something about to happen. And we switch back to the um, lab where we discover that because he was distracted by Thor, he left his, the high evolutionary left his machine and it has gone on too long. Normally he turns it off by now and there's nothing he can do to it now. It's just got to keep running because he can't get near it enough to turn it off. And finally it stops on his own and up from the slab from where he was attached comes a man-type figure with a wolf face saying, I live, I feel, and more than that, I hate. 
So he is the ultimate hating predator, and I didn't know wolves were the ultimate why, hating why predator. Why would he hate? I, I don't mean, know. Okay. But um, he has apparently evolutionized a billion times from where we are now. So he can sense life nearby, and it must be destroyed because it has to be his enemy, and it is Thor and Jane trying to leave, but it's too late. And that's the end of that issue. Issue 134. How did you like that? Um, I liked it, but I liked it more from the fact that I know uh, about these characters, the new men, the high evolutionary, wandering Pietro, um, the fact that we just got done with Tananile and the Regellian Recorder, uh, we saw Galactus, we saw Ego, you know, a lot of these things that that have been around. It's, it's introducing a lot of characters that I have known nothing about because I'm new to comic book reading yeah. and have basically been reading Thor. Yeah, they, they will... Um, like Galactus is is a big uh, Fantastic Four villain. Ego will continue to haunt Thor, uh, the Rigelians and the I thought recorder. Galactus was about to get ready to take care of Ego. Perhaps. I don't know if that oh, ever okay. happened anywhere or not. That's just what they said in this book. Okay. Uh, the High Evolutionary will show up all over the place. I mean, he'll, he'll plague the Avengers because of uh, the connection to Wanda and Pietro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll pop up in the Fantastic Four. I feel sure he'll pop up in Thor again. Uh, he, he's he's one of those bad guys that whenever they need something genetically related, that's who they pull out as being the, and he's not really a bad guy, but the, the person behind it. Uh, I've seen him consulted for help with problems that various people have had. They'll consult the high evolutionary about a cure or how did this happen or stuff like that. So uh, we're starting to see now in, in the Mighty Thor title, um, a lot of people that will be part of the Marvel Universe from here on out. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kind of cool to sit here and think, you know, now I'm reading their origins, their first appearances, whereas I've been seeing them for 30 years. Uh-huh. And I, I finally get to see how it started, how they were first used, what they were like when they first came on, stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, Kirby's art is just... You just you can't say enough about it. Yeah. Uh, the spread of the wolf on the machine, mm-hmm. uh, Galactus's uh, appearance. Uh, there was another half or two thirds page spread in there that Kirby did. They're they're just they're awesome. The covers. I mean, the covers basically are full page mm-hmm. spreads of, of Kirby art. So yeah, it's. I like the spread of all the um, new men around Thor while he's trying to talk to the High Evolutionary. That was very intricate also. It showed the lab and, and mm-hmm. all of them, the, the detail on them. While they were sitting there when he busted in on Jane and she was teaching them, mm-hmm. that was that was another one that, that was... Reminded me of the Star Wars um, bar scene. Yeah, the cantina, all yeah. these different creatures. All these different creatures yeah. gathered together. Okay, so we'll move on to 135, which is a continuation of our story. The f- cover of this one is the... I'm going to call him the Wolfman, because I don't know what else to call him. He's the one just generated by the High Evolutionary. I believe they name him in the book Man-Beast. Man-Beast? Okay. Not not all the rest of them aren't Man-Beasts also. Well, not that that's any better than the name that you just gave it. Wolfman? Yeah, but I I believe that that Evolutionary refers refers to him as a Man-Beast. A Man-Beast. Yeah. 
and shows him and Thor battling on the front cover. It's a very good front cover. Like he has it. five fingers? Yes. But he only has three toes? Yes, he only has three toes. That's interesting. Yes. Do wolves only have three? They have more than three toes, don't they? Don't uh, they have four, four and then the one up here, here like a dog? Yeah, like a dog, yeah. Hmm. Okay. But the, it's the maddening menace of the super beast. That's what they call him. That's what Stan calls him. And it starts out with him, with the Wolfman explaining to us who he is. He was once a mere wolf who's been transformed. He's the ultimate end of evolution, a supreme beast combined with a supreme man. And what it, it reminds us that he has sensed Thor and Jane, and whoever it is must be destroyed because it must be an enemy. An enema? What? Enemy. Oh. Enemy. My bad. And he is going through the wall. The man-beast is. He's emerging through the wall, transposing the molecules and moving through the wall. This is also a Stanley Jack Kirby feature fantasy, delineation by Vincent Coletta and lettering by Artie Simic. You know, we haven't said much about Artie, but I, I think the lettering has been very good. Mm-hmm. It's been easy to read. Uh, the balloons have been well-placed. Um, they don't interfere with the action flow. Now, you can see the differences between thought and mm-hmm. vocalization. Now, you can't necessarily tell. There's no, I think, different differentiation between balloons for, like here, the man, beast, and Thor, anything like that. There's just, no... You just have to go by what the words are. Color. There's no yeah. uh, funkiness on the balloon. That's, you know, maybe one drawback that we can't tell right away who it's from because all he would have to do is just something i mean there was mm-hmm. not you know there have been times that the balloons have been jagged or things like that that you can tell but um i noticed in this issue that it was just rounded thought balloons or, or vocal balloons all the way through yeah so and and uh, <clears throat> if you read like the first few words normally thor uses a thy or a thou or uh, the hints or yeah. some word that you know it's not Some anybody kind of other than thor shakespearean prose english thing there and jane is thinking this looks like a cross between a man and a wolf. Where has she been? She's slow, is what she is. Well, she's seen a cross between a man and everything else. Whatever else, okay. yeah. So the wolf um, tells us in this scene that he has the brain of a man, as it will be a million years hence, plus the power of a wolf, as he will be a million years hence. Now, I'm not quite sure how the genes know how they're going to evolve a million years from now, but apparently they do. And he knows how to battle a million years hence. Right. He has knowledge. He has of... knowledge that we never dreamed of. And Thor is like, hmm, oh, brother. Okay. I've never yeah. seen such a fight. That's, okay. that's one of the more fantastical uh, major stretches for storytelling yeah. that I, I think I've seen. So. Uh, yeah, for me too. And he's employing a science that will not be discovered for 50,000 years. And he is trying to destroy the time sense of Thor, leaving him unable to move. However, for some reason, as intelligent as he is with a million years hence knowledge, he does not realize that Thor is not an ordinary mortal, that he is the god of thunder. So therefore, his little ploys are not working all that well as they battle it out. In the meantime, the high evolutionary has decided that it's his fault Therefore, he must do something to take care of this man-beast that's out here getting ready to destroy the whole world. And his minions are behind him getting ready to go out there and fight with him. 
for the land of Wonder Boy. Look at the weapons that they're I'm carrying. telling you. They're huge ray gunny. Yeah, they're just all kinds of, of things. Yeah. This is a very intricate picture also. I think that actually they are, the delineation of what they are is easier to see in this picture than the original one we saw in the last book where they were holding on the door. Yeah, but but also they're all facing you. Yes. So you can, you know, they they definitely had a chance just with the with the way that the the panel is to, to put time into what looks to be a bear, something, a lion, an ape, and a cat, which I assume is still Sir Ocelot. Yeah. So the high evolutionary is going to use the subsonic discordian that creates uh, like a dog whistle almost, but very, very painful and should, should, should kill the man beast because of the um, scale of which it's, he's turned it to. It should instantly just like fry his brain, I suppose, and kill him. And he should crumble into a lifeless heap, which he does not. It does hurt him. He does get mad about the pain and decide now he really has to take his revenge out on all mankind. And Thor is still trying to tell him to surrender while he has a chance. So he's, the man beast is fleeing from the sound. And Thor is like, mm, you're not going to get away from me. I'm going to throw my hammer at you and, and smack you. And it doesn't work because the man beast can turn on a mental repulsion field that causes the hammer just to bounce against it and go away. And he makes it to the lab and he goes into the lab because he is going to create his own little tribe of genetic mutated man beasts of some sort. And Thor is like, I cannot believe my hammer did not work. Thor has spoken. I shall defeat him. And the high evolutionary is like, stop. You don't understand. You can't. Because if you try to hurl that, if you try to do anything and go after him, you will simply be splattered into a million little pieces. And he throws something at the shield that the man beast has created, and it goes, Zzzz, which I'm assuming is like the sound of a mosquito hitting a bug light, mm-hmm. but much louder. That's what it reminded me of when I was reading it. No telling what might have happened for if he had run into that. Who knows? Who knows? So the high evolutionary says, I must do something because I'm the one that created him. And he's in there and he's going to create his own little group of people. And we have to do something before it's too late. And Jane is like, is it really that serious, Thor? Do you think it's going to take over the whole world? She's just not with it. Not not this time. Not this time. No. So then we segue up to um, Asgard. And Balder is in. A sporting joust is what they call it. And Odin is watching, but he's not really into it because he has some heaviness in his spirit. His spirit is troubled. He doesn't know why. He just knows he misses Thor, and he feels some ominous feeling that something is wrong with his beloved son. And Balder wins and and standing there waiting to be recognized, and Odin is just, like, daydreaming and thinking of you, Thor. He's waiting to be recognized. He's waiting for what? The acknowledgement. Approbation? Yeah. I have no idea what that word is. Are you familiar with that word? Approbation. A-P-P-R-O-B-A-T-I-O-N. Approbation. 
No. I've never. I'm not. I'm not familiar with that word. I've never seen it either. Okay. And Odin finally wakes up and says, "Oh yes, I salute you. You won. Yeah, yeah, yeah." But it would have been a much better battle if Thor had been here to fight against you. He's got a one-track mind. And Baldur's like, "You're so right." And Odin's like, "I'm sorry, but my thoughts are occupied by Thor. There is something happening. There is some dire disaster, which bids fair to threaten the God of Thunder." I love the way Odin. So then we go back down to where Wonder. Okay, we go back down to where the evolution, the high evolutionary, is trying to find a way to get in there and stop the man beast. The man beast has already started creating his own little legion of beasties because you can see the machines are working, and the people are trying to figure out what in the world they're going to do because they have to stop him. All right, approbation, approval or commendation, official approval or sanction. Okay. And who knew that reading comic books would expand your vocabulary uh, and your mind? It is an educational endeavor as yes, well. Yes, it is. Uh, so, so all those kids out there who their moms are like, put that down and read something that will teach you something. There you go. I have never run across that word in Me my either. readings. And I read lots of things other than comic books. Except and I have not books. been introduced to that word before. Approbation. So thank you, Thor. So there we thank go. Thank you, Stan. Um, okay, so, I'm sorry. Something I noticed, too. Uh-huh. Uh, we've seen the lab. I guess we've seen the lab really just once when High Evolutionary was in there with this wolf. Mm-hmm. Where are all the animals coming from that this dude is transmogrifying? I'm assuming he's out there poaching them. I, he sends out the two guys that went to get Jane. Maybe they go out on safari. The Wolfman. Oh, maybe there was some cages in there with some animals I, ready to go. I guess. the wolf was done. We, we never saw any cages or anything. The evolutionary was going to move on. Well, you have to figure that there had to be some kind of um, pantry. I, well, I guess. If, then what that means is that if he makes any, he's going to make some from animals that the high evolutionary didn't. Right. Because I would imagine if he's already advanced a particular animal, he's not going to do another one. Right. It's, so. Hmm. Okay. And maybe these are the, I'm going to do these last because they're more dangerous and I'm not uh, quite sure how it's going to turn out. Or maybe all he has left are like snails and fish and, and praying mantises or it something be. like that. It could be because some of these creatures that end up coming out that door are kind of strange looking. Yeah, so. so the God of Thunder has decided, everybody stand back. I'm going to go in there with my brute force and I am going to save the day. And the high evolutionary is like, wait a minute. Oh, did you notice that Jane's back there? Take me with you, darling. We'll, we'll, we will die together. <laughs> she's being she's really on, weird she's this, issue. In this issue. Yeah, I, I just. But the high evolutionary is like, no, wait a minute. I have a better way. He has all these lovely machines. Yeah, well, that's, that's what he is. He's a scientist. Yeah. He has an induction device that he is clamping magnetically to the wall, which will bring him out into the open where Thor can get at him with his hammer. So it does that mean that when he uses it, you become part of the group? Because you're inducted? Yeah, it's an induction I guess so. device. I yeah, guess so. okay. This will send a vibra beam, vibra beam, through the entire castle, a beam powerful enough to cause this man beast to leave his antimatter barrier and race to where it is to destroy it. And Thor, you're only going to have one chance to get him as he comes because once he gets here, he has powers that will enable him to save himself if you don't get him on a jump on him. So, he sets off the, the beam, and 
Thor yells at Jane, you must go hide because if I'm worried about you, I can't fight. I can't have you here where I'll be worried about you. And she goes away, and the high evolutionary goes, the female is gone. You are now free to concentrate. The female is gone. The man beast you may strike at any time from anywhere. And Thor's like, it doesn't matter. I will take care of the whole thing. And I hear something coming. And here comes this big swarm. And it does look like one is a lizard man. He didn't do quite as good a job as the high evolutionary because there are more animal traits still left mm-hmm. in his man beasts gotta, than in the high evolutionaries because the one has the long tail and the lizard like and the lizard like um, scales mm-hmm. still. And you have a gorilla looking dude back in the back who still looks like he might just be all gorilla. Yeah. He doesn't look like he transformed at all. But this this his army of evil men come. And he must be using telepathy because they don't see him yet, the, the man beast, the actual wolf man. They don't see him yet, so they he must be using telepathy to get at him. But they are fighting against the high evolutionaries' new men forces and Thor. They're all fighting in this big scene, and I wish you could see this scene because it's different animal-men combos, and they're, it's just extraordinary. It really is. It's about half a page. And Thor is fighting valiantly, and he says he must vanquish these so that he can go after the wolf being himself. And little does he know, he's creeping up behind him. So then we segue back to another part of the castle where Tagar and Porja are calling all the forces to come fight that are out there that aren't already there in the battle. And Tajar is getting ready to go fight, and Porja's like, I can't fight. I wasn't bred to fight. Hazard's like, that's fine. I am from a race that originally is fighting. So I am going to put on my cathode gloves that were giving to him when he emerged from the genetic ray and join the fight. So he gathers up the men that were still in there that we, that we have seen, the lion man, the ocelot man, and the bear man, and the something else. He gathers them up and brings them into the fray for the glory of Wondegore. So now we have the old new men against the new new men. Uh-huh. With some other men thrown in. Yes, a couple other men. Yeah. So they are fighting. There's, there's The man beast has reached the high evolutionary. High, hurry to the master's side before it's too late. And you have a full page of Tagar is on the top. You see him quite clearly jump, jumping into the fray. And then you just have this pile of new men and newer new men, and right in the middle of it is Thor battling. You can barely see him because he's almost covered up with all these new men and old new men and new new men, and they are battling. What about this green dude up here? What animal is that supposed to be? That looks more like a demon. Yeah, it does. Than an animal. Yeah. So Thor is like, none shall reach the wolf man before I do because he's taking this person now. None shall pass. I know. He's taking this personally. And and the wolf man is like, yeah, and, and I shall not perish. I'm the culmination of a million years of evolution. I am totally supreme. Your, your hammer will never strike me because I can disintegrate it with one mind thought to it. And Thor's like, but you still don't understand. I am the god of thunder. I possess the power of all eternity. I am not a mere mortal. So he fights off the wolf man with a rock. Of the top and of a can. And he's laying on the ground. What were those defeated. again? 
Cam. Okay. So the man beast is vanquished. And he turns, Thor turns to the high evolutionary and says, and how are you? And he says, I'm fine, but I know what must be done. I must make certain that this never happens again here on Earth. So they put the man beast into this ship along with his minions, his little beasties that he's created. They put him into the ship and they shoot him off into space. And they're like, they will land on Drasbani. Dramasani, Dramasana. Dramasana looks like Dramasana. Yes, never heard of it. And that's the that's where they aim them towards so that they can start their own little planet up there and just be beasties together. And we finally get to see that the high evolutionary is not a genetically involved creature; that he is merely a man, a humble research scientist. He takes off his helmet and tells them how he got started; that he was just a a genetic scientist. And he created a genetic accelerator. He took his dog and he accelerated him. And some people shot it, not knowing what it was. So that's when he decided to create this little colony out there where no one could bother him. Where he was creating his new men and teaching them and and dubbing them Knights of Wonder Corps and then he decided he had to have a real teacher because he had too many and he couldn't take care of them all. So that's when he sent Porja and Tagar off to find a teacher. And that's when they found Jane and they brought her back. He said, but I realize now we can't stay here any longer. This is, this is, this is not the place for us to be if I'm going to continue to do any of this. And he asked Thor to go. Just, just go. So Thor grabs up Jane, swirls his hammer, and takes off. And as they are flying away, the lab turns in, breaks off from the from the mountain, and it's actually a ship. The lab is in a ship, and the ship takes off to somewhere out in the galaxy where he can create his own planet and continue his scientific endeavors and not be a threat to Earth. And that's the end of that. Now, I don't know about Man Beast. I don't know if they pop up again, but when he left, High Evolutionary ends up going to a place that's called Counter Earth. And what it is, is it's an artificial planet, exactly like the Earth, mm-hmm. directly opposite us on the other side of the sun. Okay. So it's always blocked by the sun as we go around. Everything's the same. Same rotation, same revolution period, everything. It's just like Earth. But it's, and it's called Counter Earth. Um, I don't remember how he found it, uh, who put it there. I don't remember anything like that, but I know that that's where he next um, sets up shop and that, that becomes his new base as he Continues inter- interacts with humans yeah. other ways. Yeah. All right. Our third book um, is the new volume of The Mighty Thor, issue three. So for those of you that don't want to be spoiled, Oh, you're already spoiled. You know it. Just admit it. The writer is Matt Fraction with pencils by uh, Olivier Copiel, inks by Mark Morales, and the art is by Laura Martin. We see Volstagg uh, marching down the road. He is uh, attempting to do what he can do to help rebuild Asgard. So he's going to Broxton and about, well, Really, before he even starts his journey, he realizes he's hungry. 
So he. Mossleg's uh, always hungry. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. He uh, uh, so his his thinking goes from his uh, noble reasoning to just wanting to fill his belly as he's uh, marching towards Broxton with his sword thrown over his shoulder. And he reaches Broxton and uh, overhears a group of citizens, some of which who agree, some of which who don't. But they're in a big discussion about the need for the gods in Asgard to leave because of the hell that it has brought to Broxton since they've been there. Uh, Some of these are characters we've seen. The uh, cafe owner, the priest we've seen before, and then there's assortment of good old boys and girls. Uh, the um, There's a funny little exchange here uh, between the priest and Volstagg where the priest uh, attempts to give uh, Volstagg the good news. And for those of you that are Christians, you, you understand what the good news is. And so he gets into it, and he's, he's rebuffed by Volstagg, not in a mean way, but because Volstagg just doesn't have an understanding of what he's saying. So it's it's kind of a little amusing scene there. Finally, uh, because of that and also because of the discussion, the preacher finally tells him that uh, Volstagg and the rest of the Asgardians are no longer wanted there in town. So Volstagg kind of shuffles off now hurt. His feelings have been hurt, mm-hmm. uh, going to uh, parts unknown. I don't believe he shows back up in this story, and it's hard to say where he's going to wander to now. He's kind of a a good-intentioned, but he's kind of a loose cannon at this point. We cut back. Uh, last issue, we saw Silver Surfer uh, ahead of Galactus arrive at Asgard, and, and Thor take issue with the reason he's there. So this is a continuation of their fight until Odin steps in. And then... Odin and the uh, the Silver Surfer discuss, you know, what's going on. Odin is aware of what he wants, so he thinks. But then Silver Surfer conjures an image of exactly the artifact that Galactus has sensed and is on his way to get. And at this point, Odin realizes full on that the artifact is the um, egg. The seed. Yeah, didn't later on didn't he say it was an egg of something though? Okay, I just keep they keep calling it the seed. Yeah, from the base of the uh, damaged world tree, I guess. The thought being that this will sprout and become another world tree. Uh, at which point, you know, when it's when it's finally revealed, Odin basically manhandles uh, Silver Surfer and says he's never going to turn it over. Go tell that to your master. So. They shuffle off uh, as Silver Surfer flies away. They're now going to prepare for war uh, because not that they weren't preparing for war to begin with because of the, um, oh, no, I'm sorry, that's not taking place in this book. Uh, Scratch that. So we see uh, Vostok back, and we see him yell the word war and turn and start running back towards Asgard. But I don't know what prompted him to, to really say that. I don't know. He's just saying death to the tiny men of Broxton. So I guess he, he's gone through all the stages, and now he's at anger. Uh-huh. And he's, he's going to beat them up for, for being the dweebs that they are. Yeah. I guess. He's so. had enough. 
cut back to some some excellent artistry here of uh, the Silver Surfer talking to Galactus. Uh, there's three panels on this page. The top panel is just a small little locational kind of panel telling you where you are. The second panel is cool because it's uh, almost a full of Galactus's face with Silver Surfer sitting on his surfboard talking to Galactus. And he is, Silver Surfer, is about as big as Galactus's nose. Mm-hmm. And then the next panel, you see Galactus, it looks almost like he's sitting on the moon as he's talking to Silver Surfer, which I don't think he is because he would, being that big, he would disrupt the moon. So he's probably sitting on his machinery that he has parked, basically, right next to the moon. So those are, those are a couple really cool panels. Um, next, we are in Thor and Lady Sif's quarters. Um, again, a little bit of manipulation of the panels here. There are three, six, nine, ten panels on two pages, but they're spread out using both pages. They're not some confined to one and some confined to the other page. So they're kind of spread across. But basically, we see Loki, uh, the young Loki, of course, trying to sneak into Sif and Thor's room for something. We're not really sure. He doesn't give it away as uh, bad guys usually do. They are more than happy to tell you their complete plans and everything. But uh, Loki is being tight-lipped. Now we see, apparently, that he's after a lock of Sif's hair. And just as he cuts her hair, probably the sound of the scissors wakes her up. So being the warrior that she is, she immediately grabs the sword and is about to slay Loki, not knowing who he is. But then she stops when she realizes who he is and starts questioning him, finding out what he's doing, why he's there, and all this kind of stuff. Well, as she's questioning Loki, Thor walks in in his new uh, stellar armor here which I think looks pretty tough. Mm -hmm. And so he um, basically diffuses the whole thing and then just tells Loki to, you know, stop whatever it is you're doing and and go on about your business. And then there's... And all in one big word, Loki says, be safe on your adventure, brother, farewell. Yes. As As he's he's running out the door. As he's running out the door. And I love this exchange. Sif's like, I'm going to kill him. Thor's like, why? Sif Sif says, does it matter? Thor's like, probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Go ahead, whatever. Uh, so we, we finish this little exchange with uh, Thor asking for a going-to-war piece uh, before he heads mm-hmm. off, basically. Mm-hmm. They got a little time. All right, Volstagg has finally made it back to Asgard, and he's, uh, he's seeing that everyone is wearing these new spiffy armors and realizes he doesn't have any. So he's asking what's going on, and, and basically they relay the whole meeting with Galactus and and battle and Silver Surfer and what they're getting ready to do. And he decides he'll just stay there. Right, yeah, he said, he, I'll just fight all alone against the assembled death legions of Broxton. He, again, he's yeah, he's <laughs> been pissed off by the people of Broxton, so he's, he's going to stay well, with that one. Well, they turned down his blood sausage. Well, is that a euphemism? No. Oh, okay. Um, he's too fat for the organization. Thor says goodbye to Sif. He uh, walks out. And, and once again, Sif, as in an aside, it's very small. says, um, your wound, it's worse and it's weirder. And Thor's like, doesn't matter. Bye. I'm fine. 
Yeah, this is a wound. That they keep he, referring back to the wound that he got down when they were getting the in seed. In the first issue. In the first issue, they went down into the world tree roots to get the seed, and one of the antibody animalistic one of the guardians. little guardians actually thrust his his tail yeah. like spear thing into Thor, and there have been little mentions, little tiny mentions in each book about the wound. Right. And Sif just mentions every once in a while, or, or Thor will say, hmm, this is different. Or Sif will say, it's getting weirder or, and worse. And so far they really haven't made a big deal out of it, but I'm sure it's coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a seed, no pun intended, that's been planted, and I'm sure it will it will grow. And the last, uh, last page of the book here is a, a full-page spread of all the Asgardians jumping off in their armor to battle Galactus and his uh, herald Silver Surfer out in space. And so that is that issue. Um, I'm I'm liking the story quite a bit in this. Me too. I'm enjoying this one much more much more than the last one. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the art also. Yes. I like. Just totally, it's better all the way Copiel's around. Copiel's art. Than the uh, last one. Much better. Easier to understand, easier to see, clearer. Uh, you know these these shots here of Galactus and and his face and everything. I mean, there's no. You, you don't have to use your imagination, right? Because it's all right there for you to see. Mm-hmm. So that's that's cool. All right, guys. Um, I think that's it for episode 25 here. Uh, the uh, the I don't know silver anniversary issue or whatever anniversary 25 <laughs> is. Uh, if you do want to get in touch with us. You can do so at the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail.com. Um, the website is comicbooknoise slash Thor. We also have a Facebook fan page, the Mighty Thor Cast. If you guys do download us from iTunes, uh, take a second and leave us a review. It makes it easier for other, other people to find the show. We definitely want to thank. Uh, Everybody that has been listening, and, and we want to thank those of you that this may be your first episode. Um, if you want to go back, maybe a little daunting to listen to 24 episodes, but it could be rewarding in that we started at the very beginning of Thor for Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, or at least if nothing else, go back to the first one of this series of the new 2011. Yeah, that would which be is only episode, a couple back. Episode 23. Yeah, we started with this 2011 volume of the mighty thor get caught up on that um do want to give uh professor allen uh thank you for sending some feedback our way yeah and 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 helping us to to try to figure out what happened to our audio hopefully we fix that issue hopefully yeah you guys can let us know from this one and and see if that clipping is still there i'll try to um check it out when i do post-production but i i just i don't sit down and listen to full every episode so perhaps that's what i'm going to need to start doing i don't know i also want to thank mr Derek coward the uh proprietor of the deliberate noise slash comic book noise network family a bunch of podcasts the deliberate noise network has everything from photography to dance reality shows to wrestling to tv books music comic books movies just general talking about whatever the people have on their mind, 
um, all our shows that are part of the Deliberate Noise Network. So um, just about anything I think that people would be interested in, except maybe sex and alcohol, although I'm sure some of the podcasters probably record while they're consuming alcohol. So you, you may even get some of that if you're into that. Um, I guess that's everything for us. Um, Terry, any, anything else you, uh, you want to throw in there? No. No, that's it for me. All righty, guys. Well, thanks a lot, and we'll uh, we'll have another show up here in another week or so shortly. I believe this coming week the new uh, issue of Journey into Mystery should be coming out. That's been uh, following the exploits of Loki and has been tying in pretty readily to Fear Itself, Mini, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I alluded to in, in this episode about the Mighty Thor, but that story, Fear Itself, isn't showing up in this book. So no, I don't know how the, up in the Loki book. I don't know how the two connect. I don't know where this sits with with the, how it matches up. They probably will never address it because they don't care about things like that. Mm-hmm. So they being Marvel. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, just stay tuned, and we'll have another episode out as soon as we get that new book and get a chance to read it. Thanks a lot. Bye. This is a Teal Production. <laughs>